Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Liam Garrity here, producer of How To Be Sound. I just wanted to quickly let you know that my own podcast, Meet Your Maker, a show about the people who make the things we love, is back for season four. The new episode that's out right now is all about two brilliant book conservators at the Chester Beatty, Christine Rose Beers and Julia Poirier. People have destroyed so much by using sellotape. I can't even even talk about it. If you like books, culture and tips on how to look after a thousand year old manuscript, this is the episode for you. You can subscribe to Meet Your Maker on whatever app you're listening to right now. Just search Meet Your Maker. Okay, over to Rosemary. And welcome back to How To Be Sound, a podcast where I, Rosemary McCabe, chat to people about how to be sound. Did I talk about before when I first started this podcast, I named it How To Be Sound kind of as a joke around, like, how would I know? You know what I mean? Like, Rosemary McCabe's doing a podcast on How To Be Sound, what does she know? And then the amount of people who went online and were like, can't believe she's calling her podcast How To Be Sound, what does she know? So that was good. Today's guest is a woman whose career is a little unorthodox, which is actually an incredible thing to say in this day and age when women can and do work at a massive range of jobs, thankfully. But this one's a little bit special. And actually, I'm not really sure it's a gender thing. It's probably unorthodox whether you're a man or a woman. It's Karen Glennon, the professional wrestler who fights under the name of Session Mott Martina. Karen, thank you so much for coming on How To Be Sound. Hi, again, I was like as well, why am I being asked on How To Be Sound? Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know anything about that, but sure, I'll give it a go. <laughs> well, you know what? It's It started basically because I realised that I was having all these conversations with people. Just like randomly, you talk to a friend about recycling or you talk to another friend about about how her mother's in a nursing home and how she deals with that. And I realised that loads of conversations you have with totally random people, you end up coming away from it and going, oh, I should probably be nicer to these people or I should probably be a little bit more thoughtful about this. Yeah. It kind of came about because I was like, every conversation you have with anyone, you learn how to be a little bit sounder. That is true. That's a very Unless good, a very good point. <laughs> Let's see how you come off after our little yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, if you don't mind, a little primer, right? My wrestling references are twofold. <laughs> so, number one, there's like WWF, WWE yeah, from best. my youth, right? Yeah. We all saw growing up. The only one I remember is Hulk Hogan. Oh, I'm, wow. And poor Hulk now. Yeah. He's had a hard time, <laughs> if you'll excuse the pun. And then, <laughs> and then there's the more recent reference, which is Netflix's. Glow, Glorious Ladies of Wrestling. Ah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah, I watched the first season. Okay, and I actually, one of my friends was in it as well. And uh, Kate Nash came down to a wrestling promotion I work with in England. But it was an all-women's promotion that I've been with for years. So she came down to do a bit because she wanted to get, like, in on the wrestling and just understand and what wrestling was like. like yeah, 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 she's yeah. so nice as well. It was great oh, to have her along. Her. So that's yeah, really good because great. all of my wrestling information comes from Glow. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess to start, like, between... 1980s Hulk Hogan wrestling yeah. and Glow. Where does real wrestling, where does the wrestling that you do fit in between that? Oh, there's so much in between. Like, I'd say when I got into wrestling, it was, I was like 10 or 11 or something and it was the Attitude Era. 
Hang on, you were you were ten or eleven when you started? No, 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 no. When I got into it, when I just started, like, I mean, I suppose well, probably you can when you're ten or eleven, but I'm like, that's so young. <laughs> yeah, definitely shouldn't. <laughs> no, I think I started watching it. I don't even remember what age I was. All I know is the Attitude Era, and it was like The Rock, Stone Cold, Vince I McMahon, love The Rock, so all much. that stuff. Yeah, they're just. It was just the cool. It was like when everyone liked wrestling, and it was just really, really cool. And everyone was like throwing each other on cars and like jumping off bushes and stuff like that because it was just the really cool thing to be into. And then just as it went along, I remember just everybody just fell out of it because it just wasn't cool anymore. I, I was one of them as well. But then I was out with my friends and we started talking about wrestling. Just from back then, like one of the guys absolutely loved wrestling. And like we started, we started talking about like Stone Cold and Vince McMahon and stuff. And we were out having a couple of drinks. This is like later when I was like 17 or 18. It was snowballed in the conversation. And then we went back and started watching like a Vince McMahon DVD. I went home after that like night out and I just like went into a rabbit hole of like all the Attitude Era stuff and I just loved it like Attitude Era still now I just go back and watch it again because it's so it is cool it's just so cool but since that they've gone into like the PG area where they've just like they kind of just started catering it more towards kids which they've just kind of come out of again now because then the whole indie wrestling has become really really popular now and it's kind of cool again that's what everyone's saying is like wrestling is kind of like punk rock now because everybody's into it like all the people, like alternative people like to go to the shows now because it's not cool, but it's cool, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, It's kind of kitschy cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like now, you have, like women's wrestling has like come along tenfold. And I think Glow is a big thing to do with that because it started getting so many eyes yeah. on women's wrestling. Yeah, it's just, it's just gotten cool again. So I'd say we're in the kind of more indie aspect now. Things are just blowing up for wrestling right now. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> and is it really, so like in Glow, right? I promise I won't actually talk about Glow the whole time. <laughs> but in Glow, it's very much, it's like a soap. Yeah. And everybody has storylines and everybody has, the, like there's a plot. And is that what wrestling's, I, I mean, I know you're not necessarily doing televised wrestling, so it's probably different because you're there for the one show rather yeah. than for 12 episodes or 12 shows. Is it all that tightly choreographed? Like, are you actually, I mean, I sound like an idiot, but are you actually fighting someone else to see who wins or is it all choreographed? It's predetermined. That's what you would always say. Like, yeah, and it is, it is acting to a certain degree, like, and depending on where you're working for, like, I would wrestle every weekend, but I fly in and out. Most shows, independent shows only run once a month. So it can be kind of hard to kind of continue storylines, especially if these said promotions jump all over the place. Like they might be in Sheffield one day and then Newcastle the next, you know, so they're going to get different crowds. But because there is an online, like most promotions now have a demand service, they do pay a little thing to the like storylines. But say WWE have come into the UK now and they've started doing NXT UK. So a load of the guys are on that and they would have storylines. They have like, because they're being shown on the network every week. So they have major storylines. OTT, my home promotion in Ireland, they would have storylines now to kind of build up to the bigger shows and because we have the on demand. So yeah, it, it, but I don't think it's as soapy as say WWE. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... You killed my father. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it is, they do try and keep the storylines and like, you know, the whole point of wrestling at the end of the day is like the story is you want to win. You want to be the best. You want to be the champ. So they do try and like, you keep that in it. But as far as like how fake it is, if you want to say it's, I wouldn't say it's fake at all because it's a completely contact sport. Like when you get hit, you get hit. When you fall, you fall. What I was going to say, like how much skill slash training goes in because you're obviously not you're not doing an MMA yeah do you know what I mean so you're not fighting in the way that you're actually fighting someone how much training do you do how much training goes into it uh, I've been training for eight years 
And I'd say I've only, like, I've been successful the last three. You know what I mean? But uh, it takes a lot of training and a lot of effort to kind of get up to the standard that's expected of you. Some people, a lot of people are, like, naturally athletic and they just get it and stuff like that. But then other people have to work. Like, I'd be one of the other people that have to work, like, a lot harder just to kind of get my own stuff down and get stuff like this. But, like, it's really hard as it comes down to, like, as soon as you kind of get in the ring, you have to practice, like, how to run the ropes, how to fall safely, how to how to do this move, this move. Like, you know, you really just have to train your body into getting it to become a habit so you don't have to think about it anymore. And that takes a lot of time. And then while you're at all that, you have to think about your character. You have to think about, you know, you have to be used to the crowd. You have to remember the story you're trying to tell, like everything like that. So like pretty much like bell to bell, curtain to curtain, you're on. And so you have to remember yeah. different things as you go. And I think a lot of it just comes with experience as you go along. And so what would you say the skills are? Like, is it a bit of gymnastics, a bit of acting, a bit of martial arts? Like, what are the different aspects of it, if you know what I mean? Well, that's the great thing about wrestling is that there is something different in each character. So there is the guys that are unbelievable athletes and they flip 50 times in a row, like, and they're phenomenal. They're great. And then me, I'm a char- I'm a very strong character base because I'm the session moth and I drink and I do jokes and I stuff like that. But then it's also like, oh, well, if you piss the session moth off, she's going to beat you up. <laughs> so there's that aspect. And that's my kind of story. But I'd be very I would do a lot of comedy in some places and then other places I do a lot of like proper wrestling and stuff like that. So it changes. And then there's like the strong guys, the Japanese style, there's this, there's that, there's so many different types of people there. And there is the kind of guys that go in like, oh, I'm a, I have an MMA background, so that's going to be my style of offense. So when I when he wrestles, he'll do MMA moves, you know, opposed to the guy that's doing 50 flips. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah, they, they, yeah, it's it. like, that's a, the thing. You kind of just figure out who you are in wrestling and you make your own character from that. Okay. What's the worst injury you've ever... Because I presume you do injure yourself. Oh, yeah. People... the like, only just, other people injure you. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the other day, we had a show in the Rings End, like the Ringside Club by the National Stadium. And a girl jumped off the ropes and the other girls weren't there to catch her on the outside. She came down full on her elbows and shattered both her elbows. She had to be straight, oh. taken straight to hospital. And I think... It, like it's very possible it could be a career ending I was just about injury. to say will she ever wrestle again she doesn't know she's getting surgery on Monday and like it, it was really bad and it's just something as simple as the other girls were not in the right position they were too low and they only caught her feet so she came down from oh a high gosh. high up spot full on her elbows so now we don't know what's going to happen to her I know another guy that broke his neck in the ring and he's back wrestling today. This was years ago, but he still broke his neck, which is probably the he's scariest. Yeah, that's the scariest well, injury. Would you not go and get a nice of. office job after that? I know, right? Like. He's just crazy. <laughs> I, I've been quite fortunate, though. The worst I've kind of had has been like, I broke my ankle, and like I've like reoccurring back injuries and stuff like that. And then there's always just the nooks and crannies, like you hurt yourself too much, or like you fall down your shoulder, a like separated shoulder, and it kind of just clicks back in, and you just keep going. <laughs> you know oh. what I mean? But it, like concussions and stuff like that are one of the most serious parts of it that kind of come very, very frequently. <laughs> and what kind of training do you do? So if you have a match every weekend, what kind of training do you do day to day? Like, Do you train every day? Like, do you run? Do you do conditioning? Do you do weights? What do you do? I do wrestling training twice a week, at least. If I can do three, I'll do three. And then gym, I would do cardio and weights, really. And I wouldn't even be one of the ones that says like, gym, 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 gym. You know, I go and I do what I want to do to try and like keep myself in shape and or get in shape. <laughs> and like just, to, or even just to be like fit enough to kind of keep it going. I think wrestling training is the most important part of 
of training for it because there's no exercise you can do in the gym that can really prepare you for the cardio of a match or like the strength of the match and stuff. I think yeah. like push-ups and squats are kind of the best thing and burpees because you're lifting yourself up and down because that's what so you're it's doing all body in a match weight. constantly. Yeah, of course. So yeah, but like you just kind of do your best and I'm not the person to talk to about the gym about it though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this a trite question? I mean, maybe it is, but I still want to know. What do, what did your parents what do your parents think? <laughs> Were they a bit like what are you talking about? I mean, when you decided to quit your job, right, and and go I'm going to wrestle yeah. full time. What did your parents think? Well, like, because I was doing it for eight years and it was always kind of more just a hobby at the start. And they were like, oh, that's crazy. What are you doing? I don't think they really paid any attention to it properly until, like, it got serious for me. So it was always like, oh, you know, I was working, like, Monday to Friday. And it was like, oh, I have a show this weekend. I'm going here. And they just, like, it was just a good hobby back then. And then they knew I'd go training in the evenings. And my mom always thought I was crazy because she's like oh, Karen, what are you doing? Like, you're going to hurt yourself, blah, blah, blah. You should just do something backstage or something. And, like, she'd always go on like that. And she'd, like, anytime I try and, like, watch one of my matches on TV, she'd be like, no, turn it off. I can't see it. I can't see it. And then I think I finally got her to come see me wrestle. And my dad, separately, they both came to the National Stadium ones last, not last year, the year before. So they finally seen it and they were quite blown away by the crowd, like, because it was like 2,000 people screaming for me and stuff and dancing along with me and stuff like that. That my mom was quite overwhelmed. Like, I don't think she realized how big the scene is in Ireland and stuff like that. And then I think when, like, I told her last year, it's like, oh, like... Uh, the year before that, I'd been like flying over to England every weekend and I was like, oh, I'm wrestling all the time and I'd be in the middle of my job at this point as well. So I was working and flying every weekend and back and she just knew I was so busy, but she didn't really, she kind of saw how it was taking off. And then last year it was like, oh, I'm going, my job contract is finished here and then I'm going to America and then I'm going straight to Japan for a few months. So I'm leaving my job and she was like, okay again I don't think it really kind of got to her until now she's kind of like oh well I see you're actually making something of it because you're off every weekend and you're making money and you're busy and like there's a lot more into it so it's like I suppose I think she's just happy I'm doing what I want right now yeah and it I kind of feel like I do have a fallback because I did so many years in my job that I kind of like all right well I took a year if it turns into two years if it turns into three years out to try this yeah yeah and I have stuff behind me to go back to if I need to (laughs) and and what does full-time wrestling look like in terms of the really nitty-gritty like the money right so you're earning money for the matches that you're doing are there also like do you do product endorsements is there social media stuff involved in it is there you know like like how how does it work yeah, well, I would do a lot of, mer- like, I would get my merchandise. That's where a lot of people and a lot of wrestlers make their money as well because, yeah, like, your wage for your show is pretty good, but I think the extra comes from the merchandise. So I would make T-shirts, or I was thinking for next month I'm going to make a Valentine's Day card for myself so people can send it back to me <laughs> where they fancy me. And I'm like, okay. Or, like, little things like that. And I think, like, I made, like, little doll Seshamot dolls, and I sold them for, like, 10 euro and, like, they went out great. They were just like little fun little bits and pieces. So that always brings in when you have merch, you can be like flush some weeks and then like broke the next week if you don't have any. And then uh, I would do a lot. I don't really make money from it, but a lot of my work kind of is posting on social media. Mm. So I try to be like, I always try to like have like funny posts to put out in social media and just kind of keep yourself relevant pretty much. So you yeah. always have to have your like social media posts going out and like interactions and oh can I think of a funny post like sometimes I do stuff in matches just because I'm like oh this will make a great social media post later I get or like you, oh yeah. this will be really funny if I post this later on so it's just kind of that's how you just kind of keep yourself in the public eye constantly and keep yeah. everyone like 
oh, wow, she's killing it. She's killing it. Because you're just like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing this, this, this. Even if you're like at home crying. It's like just put out on social media. This is happening. This is great. Yeah, yeah, follow me. You know what I mean? Social media is so funny like that. I was actually talking, I was on the image.ie podcast, The Spill, and we were talking about the work of social media and how yeah. it's one of the biggest like unpaid work that you do. You put in these hours of yeah. self-promotion for whatever, whether you're a writer, whether you're a wrestler. Yeah. Like there's all this expectation that like obviously in the 80s or in the 90s like the rock and hulk hogan didn't have to have that yeah no and i mean like the rocks now good for his instagram now (laughs) you know what i mean it's good for his all instagrams but like there just is so much work that goes into today keeping yourself relevant and speaking to your audience yeah and connecting with people in a way that you just weren't expected to do like you could go home and have a normal life and yeah and like how many people buy your merch what's the biggest number of people that's ever bought one thing I, I wouldn't know that really off no. the mat, like, but like, because it just kind of goes, you know, you just put out your big cartel and then it's like, okay, this is gone, this is gone, blah, blah, blah. And then you sell shows as well. But I would on it, like, back to the social media part of it, like, I would not be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for social media. Because I started with OTT Wrestling. That's where I created the character. For the first, like, two years, I, I didn't break out in England at all, so nobody knew me. But, like, I became so popular in OTT that, like, people in England and stuff like that started seeing me. But as soon as they saw the promotion, the Irish promotion, ODT, the only thing they said they saw was me with it because I became so big there. And it's all, again, from social media because like, I put something different out there so people saw it and they like kind of latched to it. But then, like, it was just growing numbers in social media and I have a lot of fun on my social media. Mm. Like, I was just jokes. It's not, like, whenever I post a match graphic, like, oh, I'll be wrestling here this weekend, I got, like, four likes. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? But then sometimes I might post, like, a funny picture or a funny this or, or, like, just something stupid and it gets, like, thousands of likes and I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it's, like, almost, I think on social media they really like interacting just with the person rather than, like, they love to see a wrestle and I always do, like, try to put out funny gifts. That's why I'll do something in my matches. But like I, my follower account started like growing because I kept putting out all these like kind of funny things on social media. And before I knew it, I had more than the OTT page and more than any other wrestler in Ireland. And I was just like, oh, it's just like just because people are hearing the funny things I'm posting and yeah. they're retweeting it. And it's just that's how I grew myself. And that next thing you know, people are like, oh, you're a really big star here. Come here. Come here. You know what I mean? And it like it really worked for me. It got me to America. It got me to Japan. You know, it got me like going places because of it you know yeah and what does success look like in wrestling like like what are you aiming for what's the next kind of goal do you know what I mean I think one thing I always did in wrestling my trainer always said to me is like always like always kind of build your goals short term yeah so which and it really worked out well for me so it's like as soon as I started doing Martina it was like okay let's see if I can do this this and I kept like building and I remember like First off with OTT, my first one was to like get booked outside in England and I did. And then I was like, get booked more in England, get booked for this certain promotion. And I did. I like got booked for the biggest one. And then before you know it, like I was like, by the end of 2017, I'd wrestled in England and Ireland every weekend. I was like, wow. Then my goal for 2018 was to keep that up. And like, I was like, right, my goal is to keep this. And I did. And then it was like, okay, I want to go to America. And I did. Japan, I did. And like, I think it just kind of keep, growing and for me I have so many great opportunities kind of at me that it's like I'm very up in the air about what I want to do next because I'm at a point where it's like are you you're good enough on the indies or do you want to go and like is WWE my next goal now that they have this like NXT UK 
or like but if I do that I've a lot of doors would close for me like I wouldn't be able to go to America I wouldn't be able to go like to like Australia or Japan again or any of these places why not just that you will belong like you are with them now so you work for them they still let you work for the likes of like OTT but like very like only a few promotions are the okay okay because they're just taking care of their talent they don't want them to overexert themselves yeah but I love traveling and I love wrestling every weekend I would be bored if I was just like sitting there and not wrestling every weekend and just doing the WWE but then there's parts of it I would love I'd love to go to their new PC that they have out I'd love to train I'd love to see how they could guide my gimmick and what what I could do there so it's just I'm more like sitting back and just kind of waiting on like my goal now is just to keep busy I've got like loads of stuff coming up up until like May I'm out the door with really really cool things so I'm like okay just I'll get to May and then I'll see and then part of me is like well I kind of miss working I kind of want to go back to work I do miss it sometimes working is a scam (laughs) I think though when you're like kind of midweek and it's like okay I'll get up today I'll go to the gym and I'll go training you're like Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. You just like I think it's in my head. I'm constant. It's wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. It's work now, where it used to be your hobby. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. And now it's like okay, well, sometimes you need a break from it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, there's loads to recommend working in an office or working with loads of different people, like the same people every day. When you get to forge connections and make bonds. Yeah. But at the same time, like, and it's probably the same in wrestling because you know you're making money for yourself, but you're also making money for these big promo companies. Yeah. But like wherever you work, really. You're just making money for someone else. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So at like, the end of the day, there someone is a part else is bringing it. you in on their, like, they're the ones getting the majority of it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and like for something like what you do, at least you have the choice that you go, you know what, I'm going to take a weekend off and I'm going to yeah. do this or I'm going to take a month and I'm going to go traveling and then I'm going to yeah. come back and do it. And you know what I mean? You don't have that freedom yeah. when you're tied to, to a contract. I think that's one of the reasons, like, part of me when I left the job last year, I was like, right, okay, I'll finish out the year and I'll see how wrestling goes. And thankfully, I was busy every weekend. And then part of me, like, as I said, was missing work. And I was like, okay, new year, maybe I'll start looking for, like, if I can get a part-time job during the week. And just then I'd look at my wrestling schedule. I was like, no, it's physically not possible. Like, I'm going to be away for a week here and then I have to take another week here and another week here. I was like, okay, there's no point even looking for something part-time until I get this out of the way. So it's kind of in my head that maybe, like, I want to go back there someday. But, like, say if I got the WWE thing in the future then I'd be pretty sorted. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, well, you don't have to worry about like, oh, I need to wrestle this weekend. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there would be a kind of a nice like re- relaxation in like, they're just yeah. telling me what to do now and yeah. I'm going to do it and it's fine. How would you describe your matches? So like, I know that your character is Session Mott and it's very like comedic and yeah. you know, like as you've said, you have a laugh with it. What could people expect if they went to one of your shows? It would depend on where they see me. That's the difference kind of in me now opposed to like a few years ago so if you were to come see me in Ireland at OTT I have already established who the session mod is they've already seen the character they've already seen the how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The jokes that I do, and I, I'm it's still very lighthearted. Everything I do, I go out and I dance. My entrance is like, if I'm on my own, it's Maniac 2000. So I come out like raving, and if if it's a good show, there's like glow sticks everywhere. I drink and beer. I'm always drinking beer. Like that's one thing I will never give up. I refuse. It's just too much of who the session is is having a can in her hand. So I go around and I like dance on the audience, and I like flirt with the audience and stuff like that. I try and make a few jokes with them and feel like included there. And usually I do a lot of intergender wrestling. So if they're in there with guys. I always like pretend to flirt with them and they're always disgusted by me which is just like a little joke again it's a joke from Twitter that's kind of transformed into the ring like that it's like everyone pretends that they hate me but they love me really (laughs) but it's yeah so I just like joke on on all them and sometimes it would like depending on the match it could be very very comedic if any of your listeners know a character from America called Joey Ryan his whole thing is that like he he has a powerful penis and he flips people with it it's crazy it's just, but it's, it's again he's gotten by so well on it some people absolutely despise him and they say he's ruining wrestling and that's the worst thing in wrestling leave him be I think he's fine he's doing a different sort of wrestling to everyone else and he's getting by like, and it's good I like it I think it's great Sometimes it's also, I have, I'd say there's so many men in the world who think they have a powerful penis yeah exactly like, that's can exactly really what he's doing him. that's exactly what he's doing he's just there like he's kind of just being a joke on yeah, men yeah, yeah. like about it and that's ex- he knows exactly what he's doing sometimes there could be shades of the session where I do that so I'd be like oh I have a I have an unstoppable vagina <laughs> you know stuff like that like it all depends uh, but in Ireland now, I would be very, very more, they've seen it all already. So I do a lot of like, like I wrestle a lot of men in Ireland, especially. So I do a lot of like proper wrestling with them where I just beat them up and I roll them around and blah, blah, blah. Because it's just kind of where my character has has gone. It's like she, yeah, she was a joke. And now it's like, oh, but take me seriously. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think in like a month now, they have me in a steel cage match, which is going to be insane. I'll be the first woman in Ireland to wrestle in a steel cage in like the main event and I'm terrified but like it's a huge opportunity for me to to kind of literally go balls to all and show people that like I'm I will go through a cage if I have to because that's what I'll do for my fans and for the show is that I will break myself to put on the best show that I can but then the next week I'll probably be or even the next day probably I will be flying off to England and it could be a place that I'm there for the first time so the way I look at it is that I'm I have to introduce them to the session mod again. Okay. So it's like, then I go back and I just dance and I beer and I'm stupid. I do a whole like stupid drunk act and stuff. I, you know what I mean? It all depends. It all changes on where I'm at. And I love that though, because even when I wrestled in America for the first time last year, I turned around to my friend. I was like, I'm really nervous. Like, I don't know what to do tonight. And he's like, just do 
like vintage Martina. Just do exactly what you did at the start that got you over in the first place and it'll go really well. It's like, okay. And I did and it went so good. I, can't, I couldn't even put it in words. Like it was, I got so many followers, so many tweeters just being like saying I was like the most valuable player of WrestleMania weekend because they'd just seen me and because they hadn't seen a woman do anything like that before. So like they have the women's wrestling and a lot of women's wrestling is very kind of, they like they want to prove that they can fight and I love that and that's kind of what I'm at in OTT right now but when I started out my whole thing was like no I'm going to be different so I'm going to do something yeah. funny no girls do comedy they do a little bit but no one goes out there as a comedy act yeah. so that's what I was like alright I'll do comedy I'll be stupid I'll be silly blah 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 and people just loved it they latched to it because it's like oh this it's refreshing yeah. you know what I mean it's like because they have there's always men doing comedy bits and it's quite refreshing to have a woman in there being like, oh, like a woman doesn't have to take herself so seriously. She doesn't have to prove herself as a fighter. She can she can become one of the biggest stars by taking the piss out of herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there real beer in your can? Yes, when you're every it? time. I never, not, I always have real beer. The other day I was in Edinburgh, I think, and I got like a craft beer because I didn't want, I didn't want to buy like a four pack and have to like bring it home. I wouldn't be able to bring it home on the flight. So I just got small little ones and it was like, it was called like, session IPA or something it was something it was really nice so I remember right when I took the first swig I was damn that's gorgeous I hope this doesn't spill in the match and I hope I get it like I hope someone brings back my can after it's so good <laughs> and and like how much would you drink during one match I'm, uh, wor- I'm, I'm, I'm worried about you now I'm like I don't think you should be drinking <laughs> while you're fighting yeah I know um no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really. Dr- I don't really drink before I wrestle. I always have a can after, though. It's always okay, like my okay, little okay. treat. I'll finish my can after my match because I'm like, yeah, because I don't have to drive or anything. So it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But I usually do like beer spots. I'd always have like because I always have the beer with me. Sometimes like I beer mist in their face, so I spit the beer in their face, or I do a spot where like if I pass out because I'm so tired from all the dancing that like the only thing that wake me back up is getting beer and stuff like that you know what I mean <laughs> or else sometimes I drink too much beer and I end up getting really drunk and I don't know where I am you know what I mean little things like that is it a lucrative business if somebody came to you and said I want to be a full-time wrestler right would you be like yeah great that's like that's a good job and and, and you'll make good money or would you be like no don't no don't no uh, just that um, it's very 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 rare in Ireland I think there is only two people myself included well not including the promoter of OTT but like that's his business it's like OTT is his like full job but as a wrestler there is me and a guy named Jordan Devlin who is signed with WWE so he signed with WWE, so he he left his job, but he's on a contract. Okay. Um, I'm not on a contract anywhere, so I would be the only one that's genuinely fully making it their full-time work. And it's risky. Like, if I had no show this weekend and I had no merch to put out, I would be making no money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, like, it all comes, like, as I said, I'm very lucky that I've had the last two years pretty much every weekend wrestling. So it's coming in, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it is, it's like going to work just at the weekend, but you have to travel for it, you have to get a flight for it, you have to do this. And for a lot of the other wrestlers in Ireland, they're not lucky enough to be brought in every weekend to mm-hmm. do it, you know what I mean? And I think it's, again, it just comes down to the fact that I have a gimmick that is different and it's gotten over as popular. So people bring me into their shows. And then Jordan, the other like when he, he was wrestling every weekend last year as well, but he's like the best in the country. He's phenomenal. So people were bringing him in. But he also had WWE behind him as well. So it's harder for, I wouldn't say go full time. I'd always encourage people to be a wrestler and obviously always try and make money. It's a business at the end of the day. And that's how wrestlers have to treat it as well. Pay scales are different for people as well. So I guess it kind of depends on your experience and 
just your worth. Like some people charge ridiculous money, but they're worth it. Do you know what so I mean? So <laughs> what, like, like what would be somebody who's charging a huge amount for one show? Or for like, They would be the biggest stars in the business. Like they'd be the ones that are the most popular. And what would they be charging for one show? I wouldn't know. One thing we don't do is we don't discuss each other's wages. Oh That's my God, what, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, like I think like oh, within your raging. friendships, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I wouldn't go up to like one of the lads on the show that I know is one of the big stars. Like, how much are you charging? Oh no, you know what I mean? mean? I would, I, I would find it very offensive if one of the trainees came up to me and was like, how much do you get paid for a no, show? No, no, no. I you suppose, I, mean? I suppose I'm wondering like what's, what's the max you could expect to make from one show? Do you think like, like roughly even, you know what I mean? Like, oh, there, I'd say are some. Are there people making 10 grand? Are there people oh, making? some of the WWE guys that come in, like some of the old stars that were on TV before or like the biggest stars from Japan they wouldn't be coming in for anything less than like a couple of grand but these are huge stars when you talk about the independents there are some of the guys that are up there and they're on their way to become those WWE guys so they can charge a little bit more you know what I mean and and what kind of thing like does the WWE pay well if they take you onto a contract are you making like good money yeah yeah I think like the again there I think the contracts all differ yeah all the prices differ but again it's sustainable like they're giving you an opportunity here to make this your career like a lot of my friends in the UK have been signed under it like some form of a contract or another and a lot of them have left their jobs because they're able to now and they want to just give this wrestling a hundred percent but I know a lot of guys in the UK as well that are full-time wrestlers because in the UK there's a lot more shows yeah of course there's a lot more cities there's a lot more yeah so pretty much every and they have a lot of weekday shows like I wouldn't even be wrestling as much as the guys in England because they can just drive down the road they drive up here with me it's always like a flight and stuff like that and a lot of times I manage to make my weekends kind of like go in together and then it's like sure flights are like 40 quid sometimes so they just share it either way or whatever but yeah so I know a lot of guys that are doing very well for themselves but again I kind of have to you have to work your way up to becoming full time you have to get yourself more popular to get yourself busy enough to be full time yeah and I mean even I guess if you're earning say if you get to a point where you're earning 100 grand a year right like total wild example (laughs) but you've spent the last seven years yeah working really hard maybe working 70 hours a week in in terms of like training promotion Twitter Facebook Instagram you end up kind of earning that you know what I mean so like the money that you might make this year is also paying you for last year and the year before and the year before when you weren't really getting paid for all this work exactly like a lot of money goes in behind it as well like because you have to kind of as you go you have to like put money into your gear you have to put money into like just your training as well like as you start from the time you start to the time you stop you're paying every week for training Mm. everything like this like there's a lot of expenses in it as well that you'd like that you like to see you're getting back like one thing my trainer always said with the merch aspect it's like you build up to getting your t-shirt sold is like once you put enough into wrestling to take back from it like "Ah, have you put enough into this and like I've put seven years of work into it and now I'm getting back from it with my t-shirts whereas there's some people that could be they might like have t- like done one training class. Like I'm gonna get a t-shirt made of myself, and it's like, really? <laughs> like you don't like you're not even a wrestler yet. Like work, work to it. Like there's a lot of paying your dues in wrestling. Yeah, That's yeah. a big thing. Where like you have to this uh, respect is a big thing in wrestling as well. Just within the world of wrestling, like you always go up and shake people's hands when you come into the show. You build a ring. If you're a trainee, you build a ring. You sit. You watch the show. You always you're meant to go up to the people that are more advanced, and you're meant to say hello to them. Do you know what I mean? A lot of it is kind of forgotten now, which is a shame because I think it's kind of a nice... Like tradition. Tradition, yeah. yeah. Like there's just little things. Like it's respect. If you're new in the game, ask advice of people that have been around for ages. Ask advice of people that have been places. I've been to Japan. Japan is one of the most respected things in wrestling in the world and it forever will be. 
it's the hardest place to get to and it's just it's so different there that when I come back here a lot of the guys in training came up to me and were like so what's it like there what's the training like what are the shows like how does it go what's what's the normal life in Japan yeah. like just how does it go whereas then, then some of the other trainees didn't and it's like oh well they don't really care do they yeah, you know what I mean it just, and that's how it comes off to somebody more advanced as well it's like it shows how much you want to give respect to the sport that we have given respect to before yeah yeah so it's kind of handing it down, but also yeah. showing an interest in being. Yeah, because when down I was a tra- when I was more of a trainee, and there the guys were more advanced than me, I was up to them and asked them questions all the time and showing respect, building the ring that like all oh, that. So I've done it all for years. Still do it to be fair. I still always go in and do ring crew and stuff like that. But it's just a bit. It's just something you have to do, and you just shouldn't moan about it. It's stupid. <laughs> so wrestling is probably not for me. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be very moany. <laughs> <laughs> I know you talked about how there's there's a big like wrestling crowd there are people who are really really into wrestling yeah right but that like to me it makes it feel almost like a little bit of a closed shop in the sense that you know kind of like I went to Comic Con last year right yeah and I felt really out of place because I was like oh my god these people are so into this and they're so into their cosplay and I'm just here like having a look yeah what would you say to somebody who wanted to come to a match like like is it an inclusive environment or do you go in and and it's like oh everybody here is really into wrestling and I'm just like here uh, you know what I mean yeah yeah no totally I think when OTT started, we were very, very focused on getting casual fans in. It's like it was more it was definitely built as the way of like it, it was built at the wrestling that we wanted to see us like us as friends. Like we're like we love the Attitude Era, but now WWE is catered to kids and I don't want to see that anymore. So that's why we brought stuff like Session Mutt in and we had the lads in the flats. They're like edgy, like joke characters like the lads in the flats, the guys I tag with. They're like, you know, the lads that you see on a Dublin street and then yeah. the session mots, like the girl dancing there with them drinking cans. That The whole idea was just to bring in people that just want to have a laugh. So that's we were very focused on comedy the first year of OTT as well because it was like there was a lot of people that, yeah, they like wrestling and the moves are cool, but it's the funny stuff we want to see. And then I remember we had a show with the Father Ted characters and that's when the game changed for us because we brought in the Father Ted characters to bring in more people to be like, I want to see Owen McLove wrestling. Yeah, I, I want to see that. That's cool. And that's exactly what we did. So a load of people just came and we sold out our first show. But on that same show, we had we brought in like one of the best athletes in the world, Will Ospreay, who is one of them guys that you just flips and it's he's not human it's like he's not human so people came for the Ted people loved it and then they saw the match that like Will put on and wow this is phenomenal a lot all my friends outside of wrestling hate wrestling they don't they don't care about it but they come to the shows to see me because oh please please come and they have a great time they have drinks they're with their friends the fact that wrestling's so interactive like the crowd interacts and like you know like if you're ever at a show you want to scream stuff but like you've, you don't want to be that like weirdo that like no one else is saying anything so I'm not going to say anything that's not the case in ration shows everyone's screaming stuff so it's almost like you get into it and you're like yeah no screw you and then like the wrestler sees you and shouts something back and you're like no screw you <laughs> you know what I mean or like you dance a lot like I have raves in my entrance so I try to get everyone up dancing with me and I go up to the crowd and dance with them and everyone gets up and just has a big laugh so like we try to like the wrestlers themselves make it as inclusive as wrestling has gone on like we kind of have focused now, like we've built our characters, we've, people know indie wrestling, the people that come to all the shows. So they might know the name, of, oh, I know him, I've seen him in so-and-so, or he's from so-and-so, I'm really smart about wrestling, which is great, but you can go and watch him and be blown away and not have a clue who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what I was like the first time I watched Japanese wrestling. I was like, I don't know who any of these people are, but oh my God, this is amazing. And then as time went on, I got to know them. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I yeah. think like, 
it is it's it doesn't matter if you're with a group of friends it's a night with your friends it's interactive theater you know what i mean it's and it's just great crack i always whenever i'm not on shows i love going to shows and being in the crowd i just i because i'm do you ever so do loud. anything else what do you ever do anything else other than wrestling like social life <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but i mean i suppose like it just sounds like because you're training you're fighting and then you're actually going to the matches yeah which just i mean it kind of goes to show I guess how passionate you have to be about something like this oh, that you yeah. give your whole life to it. Oh yeah, I've been like you know I, I mean? at the end of the, like wrestling for me over the last few years as well is my entire social circle now. I have more friends in England than I do here because they're scattered all over. There's, well, there's so more many people wrestlers. over there. What? There's more people over there. Yeah, as well. and like but just even in wrestling, yeah, like you know yeah. what I mean. So it's like I'm going somewhere this weekend. I was like, oh, I'll see a lot of friends there. I'll see like you know what I mean. It is yeah. a very social aspect too. So even when I go to shows, I'm like, oh yeah, I get to see this person, this person, this person. Same with training. It's a great laugh. And you have thing, and you always go out for food with your friends after and stuff like that. So yeah, even if you don't like have your weekends to yourself anymore, it's always fun. Well, because it's very social. Yeah, yeah, it is very yeah. social. Like you go and you have fun at the like. I've, a few times I've been booked into over to England to literally just be a bartender for the night or sit in the crowd and have it because my character is so interactive yeah, with the fans. Yeah, yeah. That they just have me do something small. I remember one time I was a barmaid and I kept trying, I kept like taking everyone's drink instead of giving it to them until I did something at the end of the show. Like, and it's really fun like that. And you get a lot of free beer, which is really good. <laughs> that, 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 that does sound interesting. Yeah. Um, so what's coming up, say, in like February and March? What shows are you doing in Ireland that people could go to or that people could look? Or like, where do they look? Is there a Facebook page? Is there like yeah. an overall website? Well, OTT has like Twitter, Instagram, online. Every, everything's online. And I have everything online and I'm constantly on it. So <laughs> we're doing our first show in Tala National Basketball Arena. Uh, because we're having like a venue crisis at the moment. We were working in the Tivoli and that was our home for years, but that's, that's gone, gone now. Yeah. So now, and then we were going to move to a GAA club in Drimna, but they've stopped outside sports. Oh, yeah. They like, they just don't want outside sports forming it anymore. So now we're really struggling for to have our shows. So we kind of have to go big constantly. So we have a really big one, uh, Homecoming. That's where I'll be in the steel cage. God help me. <laughs> and we have like, we have like former WWE guys on that and stuff like that. And then the biggest like indie stars available. So it's going to be really, really good. And is that the one in the basketball arena? Yeah, it's on the 17th of February and it's leading up then. We decided to, we have done like our biggest shows in the national stadium, which is like 2000 people. Absolutely, like absolutely the most amazing atmosphere I've ever felt in my life. I missed it twice last year because I was in Japan both times they did it and I'm I was devastated, like genuinely was like, I almost don't want to go and live in Japan because I want to do this one show here. The yeah. atmosphere is just unbelievable. So we have that in March, Paddy's Day weekend. So it's a big Paddy's Day yeah, yeah. theme. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for that. And that's what we have so far anyway. Okay. Okay. So that's what's coming up. So OTT. And, and where can people find you? Yeah. Yes. It's Session Mott Martina on everything. Just at Session Mott Martina. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'll put in all the links in the show notes. Lastly, where would you go, or I mean I, I suppose, because you've already done it. <laughs> if 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 I wanted to get into wrestling now, where the fuck, I mean, I'm too old, but like... You're not. That's one thing I'll say, you're not. A lot of people say that to me a lot of the time. They're like, oh, you know, I'd love to get into it, but I'm, just, I'm too old now. It's like, trust me, you're not. One of my friends is like 38, I think, and he just signed his contract last year with WWE. Like 38, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm 28. There is, of course weirdos that are like 16 that you look at and you're like oh I hate you you're starting <laughs> your career right now but I started when I was 19 but then there is people older than me that started 
that are new and stuff like that like it's you're never too old to do it so where do you go and where do you start I train in MSW at the moment but at the start of February OTT's people are starting a brand new school but I yeah so it's going to be in Kimmich Kurt Kylemore and it's going to have the best trainers available we have like if you'll know any of the names Paul Tracy Sean Maxer Jordan Devlin and Joe Cabray and Paddy Morrow starting a new school and they're the absolute cream of the crop in the country and it's going to be they're going to be so dedicated I think it's a new facility promo rooms everything everything's up online the Irish School of Wrestling if anybody wants to check it out I think they're having an open day on the 2nd of February (coughs) Uh, it's going to be like next level it's just Ireland's already on such a roll for wrestling it's going to just make it like absolute cream of the crop Karen thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat to me on how to be sound <laughs> I don't think I gave you any pleasure. indication on how to be sound at all <laughs> no but you did give me some indication on how to be a wrestler and it yeah. sounds like you're all pretty sound yeah. <laughs> so that's probably like halfway there thank you guys for listening to how to be sound if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts please take a second to rate, review and subscribe because I have a dream where someday somehow I'm going to beat Blind Boy in the charts and I can only do that with your help if you'd like to support me there are loads of ways to do that you can use my link in the show notes to shop from Amazon and I'll get a tiny percentage and you can also become a patron on patreon.com slash Rosemary McCabe for as little as $1 a month. You get access to my exclusive book club where last month I took 14 lovely women out for pizza and we talked about Busy Phillips This Will Only Hurt A Little and I bitched about Blind Boy. No, I didn't really. Well, maybe a bit. Next month's book is already up on Patreon and it also, Patreon, helps me pay my producer Liam Garrity who lovingly records and edits my podcast and even hassles me into lining up future guests and sharing my episodes on social media and his own podcast Meet Your Maker is back with its fourth series and that's at meetyourmaker.ie you can follow me at Rosemary McCabe with an A in my Mac on Twitter and Instagram and check out my Facebook page by adding a little one to the end of the Rosemary McCabe and now all patrons at the $3.33 level and higher get the privilege of hearing their own voices read by me so without further ado I would like to thank Amy Hines Anya Kelly Ashling Dignam Ashling Dollard Ashling Lonergan Elena Hogan Alex O'Reardon American Amy Angela McKeever Anne-Marie Eving McBride Aoife Campbell Aoife Connolly Avril Flynn and we're only finished the A's <laughs> Breed Gallagher Cara Murphy Karen Cregan Carly Colgan Bates, Carolyn Bowles, Katie Joy, Katrina Kennelly, Kira Byrne, Kira Norton, Kira Gormley, Claire Hegarty, Claire Hennessy, Dervla Kinsella, Deirdre Corrigan, Dolores Mee, Eleanor Farrell, Emma Gallagher, Emma Riley, Fiona Loud, Hazel O, Heidi Gardner, Helen Queeley, James Gallagher, Janney Lanagon, Jenny Roach, Jill Murray, Joanne, Kate Kerwin, Kate McQuillan, Kate Stapleton, Kathy Burke, Katia Valadao, Katie Lally, Kira McGuinness, Leanne Kiley, Lisa, Lola and Tomasa, Louise O'Neill, yes, that Louise O'Neill. Louise White, Marais Nolan, Margaret O'Sullivan, Marion Flynn, Marina Hogan, Marita Leonard, Martina Janocki, Neve B. Leonard, Neve Connolly, Neve Kelly, Neve Nigawan, Neve Shine, OCM, Paul Jeremiah Hayes, Paula Denon, Rona McAuliffe, Roisin Blade, Roseanne Smith, Ruth Queeley, Sandra Bannum, Sandra Cashman, Sarah Breen, Sarah Conroy, Sarah Hanrahan, Sarah Marr, Sarah McCann, Sarah O'Donovan, Sharon, Sharon Lennon, Sean O'Hara, Sinead Fegan, Sonia Mary, Sophie Colgan, Tara Flynn, Timmy Hennessy, Tracy Hardy, Trassa, Trevor Steins, and Trish O'Sullivan. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.